podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. Lord, we want to thank you for the opportunity that we've got to come together to indeed look into your word. We pray this morning that you would just bless us, that you might indeed open our eyes. Father, open our eyes that we might see something more of your wonder and of your beauty. Father, we ask that you would just speak into hearts and lives this morning, Lord, that you would speak through me and that you might just bless us richly, Lord, as we do as you've called us to, get, uh, to do, to, to come together and to worship you collectively as your church. Bless us, we pray, if we ask these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. I've titled this um, this morning with what seems to be a really odd question. And the question is, do you want to get well? And that's my title. Do you want to get well? If something wasn't right, somebody wasn't well or you weren't well, and and somebody said to you, do you uh, want to get well? Well, if I said it to you and I said, do you want to get well? You'd probably look at me as if to say, what do you think? (laughs) I mean, you could take it one or two ways. One, I'm not the smartest, you know, sharpest tool in the box. You'd be like, Yes. Uh, Or you could take it like, why is he being so rude? Of course I want to get well. Why would you even say something like that? Yet Jesus asks this very question to a man who was an invalid, someone who's been made weak or disabled by illness or injury. That's the definition because we don't get the full description of what's happening here. We're not sure what the man's circumstances are to get him to this point, yet we can have some reason to think that he desired to get well. Why do I say that? Well, he's at the pool at Bethesda. He is in a place where it was believed that the waters brought about healing. So if you had some kind of disability and that the Bible tells us that it says um, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, people with disabilities would go there in order, as they thought, to get well. Now, this is not something that's completely um, alien to us in any way, shape or form, because we know about the waters, don't we? Um, The mineral rich waters that can indeed help with recovery. We know about this. It's not alien to us. In fact, science has proved that there are those waters that exist that help you to recover quicker. Um, When Lol and I were on our honeymoon, seems like a long, long time ago now, in fact, it is a long time ago, that's why. Um, but uh, the, the waters, we went to a uh, spa hotel. I know. <clears throat> anyway, the waters were, were rich in zinc, if I remember rightly, which were brilliant for sunburn. Honestly, it was, it was ridiculous. I mean, I, I accidentally got burnt because I wasn't wearing the appropriate sun protection. Silly boy. And, uh, and I went in the waters... And it can feel like it, it, it like tingled. The water was like lukewarm. And, and it tingled. And then when I got out, and like an hour or two later, the pain had gone. And I was like, that's incredible. And, and actually, it was proven by the hotel that it was really good for said sunburn. 
So it's not something that's completely alien to us. In fact, you can pay a lot of money to go to these places, can't you? Where they scrape mud onto your face, give you ill-fitting slippers, and charge you a fortune for. Anybody been to a spa? (laughs) Wow. I mean, not that I don't like them, but unless you've got feet like a hobbit, those (laughs) slippers are not going to fit. But anyway, I've drifted somewhat. But this man, who was an invalid, is in a place where he believes, where the culture around him believed, that it was a place where he could get healing. The pool was a place, as he thought, that he could get healed. 38 years he'd been in and around this pool. Yet, as you read through the story, it appears like, in 38 years, he had not put a toe in the water. That's a bit odd, isn't it? 38 years he'd been in and around this area, and now the pool, he's waiting for something to happen. He says this, have a look at this in verse 7. He says, Sir, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. When I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. 38 years. And not dipped a toe in the water yet. Because he's waiting for something. He's waiting for something. And unfortunately, every single time he gets enough help to get down to the water's edge, someone steps in and someone gets in the way. Now this is on a Sabbath day. And he would have gone to the pool every day as we can grasp. But this is on a Sabbath day, and on this Sabbath day, Jesus arrives. Now, why have I told you it's a Sabbath day? Well, because it's significant. You can't miss the significance in the story by just reading the story and think we've grasped it for its entirety. It's significant. It's absolutely paramount and key to Jesus' teaching and what's happening here. So, what happens is this. On the Sabbath day, Jesus shows up. On the scene. Now, the Sabbath day was set aside by God for his children, Israel. This was the Lord's day, and the Jews had so many rules surrounding the Sabbath day. They had rules that said you could not work in any way, shape, or form. And their rules, well, they were man made and they were impossible to achieve and they had missed the point that God had said in essence spend time with me on this day put it aside for me for your own well-being for your rest and recovery and for your worship to me set it aside remember the Sabbath day he said and keep it holy Exodus chapter 20 verse 8 through 11 if you're taking notes to see that I'm what I'm preaching is right that's where to go Exodus 20 verse 8 through 11 and here we are church on a Sunday I'm hastened to add on a Sunday but we're doing that exact same thing we're setting time aside to spend time with the Lord now if we were in the depths of the rules that the the Jews had had put in place, then there would be nobody to make us a cup of tea. Because that's work. There'd be nobody to, uh, to open the door for you. Because that's work. 
There'd be nobody to do the screen or to play guitar or because these are things that are work. They're all things that are doing something rather than just sitting. So we wouldn't be in this position. But here we are worshipping God in a way that God has set out to put time aside, to spend time with him, to spend time with his children, that's you and me, in a place where we can enjoy and we can worship God who is everywhere. He's omnipresent. Now, what I'm not saying is that, well, if if I can't make it to church, then I'm not worshipping. If I can't make it to church, then I'm not um, doing what the Lord's called me to do. We understand that there are circumstances that prevent us from doing certain things. But what we are saying is that you should do your best to set time aside to worship God because that is what Scripture says. To spend time with God, to set time aside for your own well-being and also for the worship of God, which also is for your own well-being. Amen? So, because this man was in Jerusalem, we can deduce that he is a Jewish man. He was seemingly in a place where he thought that healing would come. You then get this absolute perfect storm where it is not inappropriate for Jesus to say to him, do you want to get well? Now, he could take a step back. He could think about his scenario and his settings And he could go, well, I'm here in this place that could bring me healing. But it is the Sabbath. Now, if I was to pose the question to you this morning, and I feel like the perfect storm is also here, that I can ask you the same question. And I can say to you this morning, do you want to get well? You see, because the perfect storm is that you are here at Hope Church, Sunday the 8th of March, in a little town called Gainsborough. And you have come to a place where you know that you've seen people's lives transform. You see a myriad of people who know and love this God that you may not yet have been introduced to. And and you see that there's healing and there's restoration and there's life in this place. And again, don't get me wrong, that can happen outside of these four walls because the church are the people, not the building. But you're here this morning in what would seemingly be this exact perfect storm. And I'm asking you the same question. I'm saying to you, do you want to get well? You see, because there are so many things that we would put in the way. You know, well, I I would and I come along, but, you know, just that next step. Well, you know, Matt finishes and then they do a bit of worship. Somebody closes in prayer and before you know it, I'm knocking a block of cheese out. Okay, that's just me. And, 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 and there are things that step in the way. Well, you know, I, I, do you know I've come along and, and it's all right and the worship's all right and then I listen and I sort of soak it in, but I never really take that next step. Well, because what are people going to say? <laughs> what might people think about me? How will I tell my family? What will my kids think, perhaps? 
There are a million things that can get in the way of actually dipping your toe in the water, aren't there? And this guy's excuse was, well, every time I try, just never seems to happen. And Jesus says to him, he says, look, friend, do you want to get well? And the same question is for you this morning. Do you want to get well? What is holding you back? Notice this, though, in the next verse. The man did not, he did not, categorically did not say yes. Have a read. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. The man did not at any point say yes. Rather, he told his story. And in his story are fables and myths that go against God's word. They're not conducive to what the word of God says. The water is not anything special other than the fact that it's spring, probably warm, natural, mineral water. That's about as far as it goes. No doubt good for you, but it wasn't going to heal him of his sickness, and it wasn't going to heal him of his sickness and of his sin, yet in front of the man is one who can, and his name, church, is Jesus. There is one who can heal of that sickness and sin in our lives and he's standing right in front of us and we have to accept him. We have to say that I want what Jesus has got on offer. I want what God has got on offer for me. And Jesus, uh, listen to this in verse 8. Jesus said this to him. He said, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At no point did Jesus say, look, what we're going to need to do is uh, bear with. That's me stirring the water. Right, let's have you in. Everybody stand back. No. That's not what we read, is it? Jesus says this to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. Jesus says to him that life is on offer to you, friend, but what you have to do is respond. That's what you have to do. You have to respond. And if you like, in the, um, in the way that we've been talking with the story, you have to put your toe into the water. And note the man's response. He absolutely does what Jesus tells him to do in verse 9. At once, he didn't dither, he didn't delay. Sounded like uh, Boris then, didn't I, for a second? Instead, he did exactly what Jesus had told him to do. He said, get up. Take your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. Faith and obedience. He listened, he heard, he, he applied and he was healed. Amen. He listened, he heard, he applied and he was healed. And you have got the exact same opportunity this morning. You have the exact same opportunity this morning to ask Jesus into your heart, to believe and to repent of your sin. You know, the gospel is the good news about Jesus Christ. It's on offer this morning. You might be sat in a place that you feel is conducive to healing of that pain and that hurt that you found within your heart that you can't seem to shake off. You don't seem to have any answers for. We have a God who loves you. And he is on offer for you this morning. He has sent his very best in the Lord Jesus Christ to deal with your sin and your shame. But you have to respond. 
He stands in front of you this morning and he says to you, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? And as the man walked through the crowds, he picked up the mat and he carried the mat. And of course, there's always somebody to point the finger, isn't there? Or don't think for a second that once you accept the Lord into your heart that everything's perfect. You have a hope that is steadfast and sure from that very moment. You receive the Holy Spirit that nobody can ever take away from you and enables you to walk a life that is set out as Christ has called us to. But at that moment, that doesn't mean that everything then gets rosy and perfect. In fact, as we see with this guy here, he picks up his mat. And at this point, he still has absolutely no idea who Jesus is. He walks through the crowds and the crowds say to him, mate, it's the Sabbath. Drop the mat. And they, they say to him, who's told you? Who told you to carry the mat? Well, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. Remember the Sabbath being significant? Why would Jesus tell him to do that? Why would Jesus tell him to do something that people are going to go, that's naughty, mate. You know why? Because it was nonsense. And you see, we worship a saviour, a Lord and saviour, who is the Lord of the Sabbath. Matthew 12, the, the Sabbath is, remember the Lord's day and keep it holy. Set time aside to spend with God. Set time aside to spend with your saviour. Isn't that exactly what the man was doing? Yet in the rules and the regulations of religion, we can miss what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be spending time with our Saviour. We're supposed to be spending time with God. But the rules and regulations say that I have to say this and I have to do this and I have to look this way. I have to dress this way. I have to sit in this particular seat. I have to do what the rules and regulations say and we miss it. And even though it looks like we're doing it, we're nowhere near it. Nowhere near it at all. It's just religion. It's man-made. What this is is a relationship with a heavenly father who loves you. It's a relationship with a God who wants the best for you. And that's what we're seeing here in this story. The man responds to those around him. Listen, I have no idea who he was. Jesus had slipped away into the crowd as though he knew the questions were coming. But also I'm absolutely certain that he knew of the divine appointment that was yet to come. Because Jesus needed to see where the man's heart was. You see, because he'd healed him of his sickness, and at no point was there faith in Jesus at this point, was not the, not the, uh, the, the axis, axis, whatever that word is, on which the whole thing was rotating, but rather it was a position that Jesus could have a moment with this man and say to him, right, now I've seen your faith, now I've seen your obedience, have a look as we drift on into verse 14. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see you're well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Oh, and that verse has been thrown out of context. It left, right and center. <gasps> Does that mean if I'm bad, bad things happen to me? No. What that means is if you don't accept Christ as Savior, there is a Christless eternity that waits for you. Our church, we don't want that. Not for any single one of us. What we want is an eternity that's spent with a Savior and a God who absolutely loves you. A place where Christ is. A place where God is. Not a place where Christ isn't. We want to be in a place where our Savior is. And Jesus says to him, right, I'm going to share this good news with you. Don't keep doing what you're doing. Rather listen and in faith and obedience accept 
God as your one true God. Not this nonsense that appears to have become man-made, world-based religion, but rather a relationship with a saviour who loves you. I feel like I should step down off my soapbox. I was panicking for a minute. Jesus did not leave him just physically healed. He spoke the truth to him and he showed him the way. You remember the verse, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Church, that's the truth this morning. That truth has not changed. How do I get to God? The only way is through Jesus Christ. And the only way is through Jesus on that cross who bore our sin and our shame. He was punished for your sin. And he made a way, church, where there was no way. The man, I am absolutely certain, got it. The question is, do you? And I'll ask this question once more, and then we'll worship. Do you want to get well? Because if you do, I'm waiting to introduce you to my Savior. But you have to step. And you have to accept and believe. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.